hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on it so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. Are you the type of person who loves to treat yourself? You know, sometimes you just want to buy yourself a coffee, a fancy coffee. Sometimes you want to get a little extra legroom on the plane. You know what I mean? So if you ever treat yourself to the top options, other places like that, then why are we settling when we're finding a doctor? I know it's easy to fall into that rut, but your health is so important. Enter ZocDoc. ZocDoc is a place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. There's no more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. You know we hate that. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual real patients. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, which is so helpful. You can see who's located near you and who's available and who can treat basically any condition you're searching for. Plus, a typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between just 24 to 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. When I moved to LA years ago, I discovered ZocDoc because I was so tired of having to call all these different offices and wait. It took hours sometimes to figure out which doctor in town could help me and which one took my insurance, but not anymore with ZocDoc. I was able to find everything from a psychiatrist to a GI doctor, and I did that all through ZocDoc. And the app has only gotten better over time. I still use it. I still love it. I always recommend it to people, whether you have phone anxiety like me or not. It couldn't get easier to find a doctor with ZocDoc. Go to ZocDoc.com slash drink and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash drink. ZocDoc.com slash drink. Hello, Em. Hi. Hello. What are you the doing? Re- just, you know, um, hmm. Nothing. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Listen, I'm living the dream. I have a cat on my lap. Uh, oh. I survived a Kroger incident. Christine is not feeling good today. <laughs> Listen. We were we were supposed to record both of our episodes yesterday. And <laughs> I keep pushing it back. Christine feels a little icky, which is okay. But it like it's getting worse, is it? Well, see, I thought I had a cold. Then I went into the little clinic at Kroger to get a COVID test, just to be sure, I'm vaccinated, everything, but, like, since Blaze works at the ER, I was like, we should know before well, he goes also, back to work. Delta variant, That's apparently, true. the the rapid tests aren't showing it on their... I've, I've been watching a lot of Delta variant TikTok, and apparently <laughs> it's not showing up on rapid tests sometimes, so that's an interesting Hey, did Delta fact. variant go viral on TikTok? <laughs> okay, you're <laughs> ill, so I'm gonna let you have it. <laughs> okay well here's the thing so i don't get the rapid test because whenever i have like strep or uti the rapid test never show up for me for some reason so i just got like the regular one sure um but i find out tomorrow but so i was there and i was in the waiting room and i was like i see like tunnel vision i'm so dizzy and then oh i forgot to tell you my my apple watch said my heart rate was 128 and i was just like sitting there and i was like i don't think that's normal so i texted blaze and he's like no that's not normal 
Um, and then my, my blood pressure was fine. So they just sent me home, but, um, I'm, uh, M is watching. M has blades on speed dial in case I, I do. just go unconscious on the Zoom. <laughs> well, Christine almost fainted in Kroger. It was so, so embarrassing, dude. It was so. I've ne- I've never almost fainted anywhere. Me neither. It's horrible. I don't, don't know do, what does don't it try feel it. like. What does it, it feel felt like? like like just so dizzy, and I was like, "There's spots in my eyes." I don't even know how to describe it beyond that. It just felt like I was like gonna pass out. Were you aware that you were about to pass out? Yes. Or, or like, were and you I like, was... what's going on? And then you'd be unconscious. I tried I'm always... to play Tune Blast to distract myself and it didn't it didn't work. As someone who's never fainted, I always wonder what those couple seconds of consciousness left are like. like do you know you're going down? I think down? it's like, you're going to, f- I'm going to faint now. Um, <laughs> so, at yeah. least that's what it happened. I mean, and I didn't, thank God. But I was like very, very close to passing out, I think. Mm. Yeah, I was just like very, very dizzy. Anyway, I'm fine. It's all good. But um, well, Bla- it's good enough that Blaze is on is uh, like a one button call away from me on my I phone mean, in honestly, case you pass out on the show. <laughs> it's very convenient because he has like his blood pressure cuff and everything here. So I'm just like, just check me. He just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> monitors me. <laughs> I'm still always impressed by Blaze's Bluetooth uh, stethoscope that can just <laughs> oh send God. your numbers immediately to a hospital. I'm like, Batman's got it all. <laughs> including a sick wife (laughs) (laughs) a sick pregnant wife like the last thing anyone wants how are you emothy uh i'm all right uh nothing i mean i'm feeling pretty healthy but then like we're about to maybe jinx that because i'm going to florida back to florida oh gosh i know so and even though i just came back from a cold i usually i mean it's been a while since I've gotten a cold, so maybe my body chemicals have just completely changed. But it used to be that if I got a cold, I had some like weird invincibility to colds for several weeks after that. Right, right. And so I keep thinking like, oh, I just had the cold. I'm fine now. But like every time I've been to Florida in the last like five years, I've gotten insanely ill. So I'm kind of nervous that I'm going to come back. I know this is like the and... ultimate test of like you go right <laughs> back and see what happens. I know. So I have to pack. But also my room is a mess. One of the like worst qualities of me as a roommate is I'm so fucking messy. And uh... well, I thought you were not messy. I thought I was messy and you were neat. I thought that's how our friendship worked. I then maybe it just got really bad during the quarantine but oh. like I I'm one of those people where like I'll just leave something and forget about it for like a week and that happens until every item of my closet is on the floor oh yeah <laughs> so, yeah 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 same so uh and poor Allison who like is not like that lives in chaos in our bedroom oh my gosh, so. she lived with me too this is her fault for choosing roommates like that's us. what I'm saying so anyway I have I have a huge cleaning to do today and then I also have to pack so yuck uh, yeah i'm not looking forward to it it's just a lot of tedious stuff that i did to myself well do but, you have a trash pile um my clothes are, are the trash pile i think oh no <laughs> clothes are not a trash pile clothes are like eh, no trash fine. is so easy to clean up because you just pick it up and put it in the trash can but the clothes no. pile you gotta figure out what's dirty what's what clean you gotta do a whole round downstairs. of laundry no 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 you gotta hang things on hangers you gotta fold i know but what i'm saying is i have both of those things oh <laughs> and obviously like my i'm never clean ever but i have both of those things and my trash pile it gets so monumental 
I don't I I don't have a trash pile, but the thing that it's worse, I think, not to compare uh, crises, but I think mine's worse because mine are all these like I'm such an impulse spender that I have all these random tchotchkes that uh-huh. I never find a place for and I already didn't have a place for. So now I have to like <laughs> find I have to unwrap every single thing I purchased in the last couple weeks and then I have to find a place for it in a space that has no room. So then I have to rearrange everything. So like that gets so overwhelming that I just don't touch it and then I have a hundred things I gotta do that yeah, to yeah, 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 and then yeah, it becomes yeah, yeah. a whole thing so I know I'm I the cycle continues yeah I'm <sighs> with you. anyway um, I'm, I'm just like well I should recycle that and so then I just leave it on the floor and then I never recycle it <laughs> <laughs> well you're technically not throwing it away so That's I exactly guess right I'm upcycling right. it to my floor uh-huh. um, <laughs> it's perfect now yeah <laughs> it's a it's a bug house it's where all the bugs live now <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah so it's i'm i'm fine i just know what i have to do today and i'm not it's the worst when it. you're like it's like an impending task and here i am like postponing a recording by three hours or whatever so no, i apologize I, I literally used the time to um depression nap anyway so it well, worked fun. yeah oh mental God, I almost depression fainted they were like what <laughs> medications are you on i was like don't even get me started lady um <laughs> But, oh, I want to say one thing, too, before I went to my Kroger incident, um, I went to UPS and I had all this mail and I'm just so thankful. I just want I just want to do a big blanket. Thank you, because a lot of people have been sending really nice little gifts that I'm going to send Emma a big picture of all the lemon gifts that I've received for the baby. Also, thank um, you, everybody, to, for not sending me lemon gifts. I know some <laughs> of you still trickle in here, but yeah. I appreciate that it's all being pretty much redirected it's to a re-routed. different place. That's the best part is like if I get any mail over here, because I get obviously much less than like the main P.O. box. But if I get any here, then I know it's like specifically <laughs> it's for like me. It's like just... <laughs> A lemon P.O. box is just lemon. No, 100%. (laughs) And now my brother and I share it. So it's either like weird shit for him or like lemon shit for me. And I've gotten so many sweet little like baby like gifties. And someone even sent the first blanket they ever crocheted to to the baby. Just really sweet, thoughtful cards and gifts. And I open them because I don't like we don't we are still so backed up on gift videos and this is just a long story, but so I just end up opening them and putting them up and away and I don't necessarily get to write like a thank you to everybody or like thank everybody personally. So just if you sent something, I did receive it and I am very, very thankful for you. Oh, oh. and some people even bought stuff off the registry, which was just so thoughtful. Oh, um, nice. And I made it, <laughs> some people found it, which then there was, it was just like a little bit of like, dra- not drama, that's not the right word, but people were like, Oh my God, people are finding Christine's registry and her address. I just put my P.O. box on there just in case. So, fair enough. Don't fair you enough. worry. Um, well, but anyway, I still thank haven't you even, to everybody. I still have not looked at your registry. Uh, oh, it's fine. Listen, you, I, I assume, and, listen, first of all, hang on, watch it. <laughs> that baby is going to have so much unnecessary shit from me. I would rather <laughs> focus my money on that. Also, like, <sighs> that child i'm gonna find a way to convert it into at least a fraction of a marvel fan even if it's just one character you can <laughs> pick the character fine. please um it's i'm gonna be sending you a lot of weird crap i already actually <laughs> just found i was cleaning out my car which by the way i had packages from people and uh <laughs> in there was a whole bag of stuff i need to send you and i was like that's a weird thing for the baby and i went oh that's a weird thing for the baby and i went this is gonna be a good package <laughs> This is a solid assortment. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like everyone is so funny and sending like the most random or the most like thoughtful, 
even some people who work at like baby companies like send little stuffed animals and stuff. It's all just very kind and um I just want everyone to know that I appreciate you so so much. Oh, well, that's very sweet of you. And so so does this baby who's literally finding different organs every day to poke really hard. What's its favorite organ to kick in you? I would probably say the bladder is a fun one. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like could the baby like do like a quadruple threat and like stretch Starfish. and do like a punch, punch, kick, kick all at the same time to different spots. Yeah, definitely because there's multiple elbows and sharp points. It definitely you can feel it. It's it's also when the baby stretches. Isn't that like a two foot human inside of you? E- no, not two feet. <laughs> not two feet. Well, but I mean, fif- 15 inches tall. OK, well, Big of fuck enough. Excuse me. I was born. At, I was born at two feet. To be clear. Oh, so. shut up. Twenty four inches. Jesus, was Lord, help inch- me. That's Look, insane. I was always freakishly tall from the womb. Okay, from the, the womb. Your poor from mother. the womb. When I was ten, I was taller than like some of my teachers. So it just <laughs> happens. Just let it happen. But uh, yeah, if I stretched in the womb, my mother would have been dead. I think so. <laughs> my brother actually. I think I probably already said this on the show. My brother broke my mom's ribs in the <gasps> womb like oh only one of them but like kicked so hard it broke <laughs> just her. the weak one just one <laughs> broke one of her ribs and obviously they can't do anything because like yeah what are they gonna do so she just had like a fractured rib for the that's rest why of the she had that huge gap in having more kids she was like i have to recover mentally about she that. honestly was like this isn't you two are too much already too Ugh. much By now, you've probably heard about Burrow, a new kind of furniture company known for timeless designs, durable materials, and details that make life in your space easier. Last year, they brought their expertise outside with the launch of their outdoor line, which I love, and now they're adding more must-have pieces to the collection. For example, Dunes offers seating, dining, and lounger options, while Scout is a new folding chair upholstered in a chic woven fabric. And I think I'm going to get two of those for the balcony. Blaze and I love to sit out there in the evenings after Leona goes to bed. And I love the idea of having a good-looking but also extremely useful and comfy place to sit outside. Made of durable materials made for all seasons, weather-resistant teak, stainless alloy, and quick-dry stain-resistant cushions with easy assembly and disassembly this is the perfect thing for your outdoor space they also just launched a new standing desk co-pilot with adjustable height a durable scratch resistant body with built-in storage to make working at home easier than ever i'm in the market for a new desk um so this is definitely going to be my next bookmark and of course there's burrow's legacy seating collections like the nomad and range now available in new colors and m and i that's like the only piece of furniture i think we actually share is our burrow sofa in the podcast department love that thing and that's why we drink listeners can get 15 percent off their first order at burrow.com slash drink that's burrow b-u-r-r-o-w dot com slash drink for 15 percent off burrow.com slash drink it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy we're happy but because we're not mind readers we don't always know when they're unwell and in my experience cats are not the most you know open when it comes to sharing their woes and there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small lightweight bag. Pretty Litter 
has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Well... Here, by the way, my story this week uh, has, I'm sure we could find a way to spin it and associate it into like baby stuff if you'd like. Oh boy. Uh, But I decided that I was going to do a cryptid, but it was going to be maybe not as mythological and spooky ooky, but like well known and universal. And uh, it all came from like a TikTok where people asked me to to do enough people in the comments said I should do this. Okay. So this is a tale you can tell your little bebe when they get okay. here. This is the story of the tooth fairy. <gasps> which is that's by the way one. kind of low key inspired by Kremit cuz that's a baby with actual teeth. So <laughs> Okay, fair point. Um you can tell your baby about your first baby and how it had a very creepy smile. Inspirational Kremit. Yeah, I will. So this is the history of the Tooth Fairy. But before we get into it, I have, like, I'm not kidding, like, 15 fun facts. Ooh. Um, so let's just see, as a soon-to-be mother, or I would I would argue you're already a mother because you're already putting up with some bullshit. Listen, I'm suffering, okay? So I think that counts. <laughs> uh, let's see how much you know about teeth and babies. Oh, probably um, zero. What do you think is the age of the last baby teeth that fall out like how old is a child when their last baby teeth fall out um nine ten to eleven oh okay i'm just guessing uh i don't remember a single time i ever lost a tooth which is so really long. yeah i like i just totally forget Maybe those you memories. were also born with all your adult teeth like a big and they just though. they came in and they fell out all all together on the same day oh, yeah can you imagine the nightmare <laughs> oh my god boom <laughs> oh no 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 uh at what age do most children stop believing in the tooth fairy? What do you mean believing? Like believing, believing that, that it exists. Believing yeah. that it exists? Well, it doesn't exist. Okay. Well, apparently <laughs> the answer is 30. So, great. Jesus. Let's Nailed it, by the way, because you even got me stumped. I was like, what is I happening like, here? I'm just going to let this sit here because I'm too lazy to try and explain it. <laughs> Uh, okay, beyond you as the outlier here, what what age do most people <laughs> stop believing in the tooth fairy? How about eight or yeah. nine? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I found out. I don't remember. I think I found also, out. Also, on... if you have little kids listening, hopefully you've turned this off already. Hopefully they're over eight and they figured it out already. <laughs> Oopsies. Yeah, I figured out a couple different ways, but it was basically not telling my parents I lost my teeth to see if money would still show up and then it didn't. And I was like, oh, I get it. So either you're the... Uh-huh. Uh, the like the person in between the go-between yep. or you're just giving me money got it um i probably should have figured it out way earlier but somebody had to tell me on the playground so uh this is another fun fact that august 22nd uh which is coming up exactly a month from now mm-hmm. is national tooth fairy day oh my goodness didn't That's know fun. that what does that mean a day where we oh, celebrate celebrate okay the girl boss herself so yeah, we do uh, another. What percent of American households do you think use the tooth fairy as like oh, a, a thing a with their kids? Question. 
I mean, I'm a weird German family. We did it. So I feel like it's got to be quite a bit, right? Like, let's go with like 65%. 80% of American wow. households use the tooth fairy. That's and uh, let me see before some of them lead into new notes. So I just want to make sure that I don't skip ahead. Um, 80%. Here is a super fun one. There is actually a literal tooth fairy calculator. So that parents can determine the going rate of their yes, children's teeth. Yes, that's hysterical. Oh, my God. So how much... Inflation you... has probably been nuts since I oh, was a kid. There's a whole piece of history that I didn't even insert in here <sighs> about the inflation. I will say from 1900 to 1975, so the first, you know, for those 75 years, a tooth cost between 12 and 85 cents, depending on how... Oh, wow. You know... Uh, Lucy Goosey, your parents were with How their, generous with their they coins. Were feeling. Uh, so it used to be 12 to 85 cents at the beginning of the 1900s. Do you know what the average tooth, uh, what the average dollar amount a kid gets for each tooth in the U.S. today? Oh, God. Uh, $2? It is three seventy. Okay. The average, okay. the universal average. If although, you were going to say five or higher, I was going to be like, this can't be true because that's insane the higher uh apparently one of the higher averages uh based on like a study for just generous parents the average was five dollars and 40 cents jesus christ <laughs> but the universal average is 370 i uh, think my mom always gave me like a to- like a like a book i feel like i usually got like a little book or something like i didn't really get that's cash. fun yeah, i got cash. Always, like, a little present I got cash, and then when I told my mom, hey, I lost a tooth, like, a week ago and never got any money. What's up with that? My mom felt real bad, and I had, like, I got a tenor under the oh pillow. Oh, my button God. That's genius. With a note, like, oh, sorry, I was in traffic. Like, some bullshit like I that. I was stuck in traffic. <laughs> oh. So, uh, okay, here's uh, another thing I'm going to have you guess. What percent of kids get a dollar or less Oh, for their tooth? Let's see. I would guess, like, 50%. Only 3% Shut up. of kids wow. get less than a dollar. I'm so bad at this game. Coins, basically. They get coins. Yeah. And and by the way, this is like a PSA to all parents. Like, you don't want your kid to be like the lame one that only gets a penny, you know? Like, this is... I'm trying to help your kid right now. Like, get a little extra I don't know, Because I feel money. like you're telling, you're telling the kid, like, hey, you, you deserve more. No, the, I feel like the, the kid deserves more treats like parents. You better cough it up for those No, teeth. man. No, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, give him a book. That's, a, it worked on me. Uh, what percent do you think get over $5? Psh, the 1%. <laughs> <laughs> Only 8%, which is still more than That's people still, getting. Yeah. But I feel that, like I would understand like a dollar because like you have so many teeth. Uh, whatever. But that means 89% of kids are getting between $1 and $5. So... If you're in that range, your kid is, I don't know, proud, proud to feel? proud to share with their friends what the tooth fairy gave them, I guess. Wow. Uh, Fascinating. And then the last thing I'm going to, the last percentage I'm going to ask you is what percentage of people do you think, think the tooth fairy is female, a female human? Oh, God. Uh, or a female humanoid or whatever, you know. A hundred percent. 75. Really? Yeah, apparently that is only, not only, but that's in the States, that's the primary belief. But outside of that, it's the Tooth Fairy is actually a lot of animals in different countries. Oh, I wasn't even thinking outside of the U.S. Oh, wow. Okay, that's fascinating. Animals, Uh, that's fun. So apparently 
animals that have inspired the tooth fairy or our versions of the tooth fairy are bunnies, birds, dragons, squirrels, mice, bears, bats. And that's just some of them. And it depends from culture oh, to culture. Can you imagine telling your child, oh, a bat's going to come into your bed and climb under your pillow and take Flap around. Holy <laughs> shit. If, if, if my mom were like a bear or a raccoon or a possum, it's going to come and take your teeth out of your pillow. I mean, that's talk about I German mean, trauma. But also think about like the people who think, oh, yeah, a cute little bunnies coming a into my room. And they're like, can you imagine in the States someone says a stranger is going to invade your home and rip your teeth out? I mean, out? you're completely right. A child, you know? like a like a flying <laughs> human is going to come through the window. Yeah, that's true. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. And so, she might be stuck in traffic. So you never know when she'll actually show yeah, up. Yeah. Fingers crossed she'll get here sooner than later. So we're not just in <laughs> constant stress. Um, here's a fun fact about Kremit. An infant... <gasps> Uh, is usually not born with teeth already in Bullshit. their mouth, unless you're Kremit. Um, do you know the age range of when teeth come in for a baby? Oh my god, no! Uh, I'm, I'm preparing sure you. This is me being your your guide as into parenthood. Uh, babies get their teeth I, from four months to nine months on average. Okay. Okay. PSA: If it happens earlier or later, there's nothing wrong with your baby. That is just the average. Uh, Got you. And babies get a total of 20 teeth, which is interesting because I think adults get 32 teeth. I thought it was 16 on top, 16 on the bottom. Well, because you're like your wisdom teeth and stuff are in there. Mm. Molars. I don't know. What do I know? Canines. uh, (laughs) Canines. Vampire fangs. I don't know. Buck teeth. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, So for some reason, this is just part of tooth history, tooth fairy history. For some reason... I, and I couldn't find the reason. Kids used to only get rewarded for the sixth tooth that would oh, get taken out. That's interesting. But over time, parents started rewarding each tooth. And yeah, this I mean, actually, you got to keep track of all six. That seems like a lot to keep track of for each kid. You might as well throw like a piece of candy their way or something, right? Why, why not? So this is probably around the time that the tooth fairy also became popular because so Dentists really liked a tooth fairy because it, first of all, helps kids process the fact that they're losing teeth because that can be like a really scary thing. And it's almost like the tooth fairy is coming. That's like a rite of passage versus like something's happening to your body and you're too young to understand it. It's falling apart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then also they really like the tooth fairy because it encourages kids to keep their teeth clean because a lot of the tropes or a lot of the lore with the tooth fairy is people will say oh the tooth fairy only takes the shiniest cleanest teeth or sure or like to like build her castle or some bullshit or like um (laughs) her her castle of teeth or like people have told their kids like oh the tooth fairy pays you more gives you more money or gives you right. more whatever if your teeth are cleaner and the so nicer it is right it promotes oral hygiene a lot of times and it also helps kids process what's going on so uh that might have been one of the reasons why people stopped rewarding only the sixth tooth and they just started rewarding each tooth because it was also promoting oral hygiene and all that look so, how clean it is yeah gotcha. so uh the first animal or the first thing i guess to inspire the tooth fairy is actually rodents, which is fun. <gasps> okay. And I'm going to explain that in a second. But real quick, I want to talk about um, Norse uh, Norse tradition. So this is the 10th century. In the Norse tradition, there's something called, I'm probably saying it wrong, sorry, tondefe, tondefe, uh, which means tooth fee. 
and like like paying a fee for a tooth. Oh, oh, oh. And basically all the way since the, at least the 10th century. And this is from the earliest writings that they have. So pretty much like as far back as they can go in this history, Vikings would pay for children's <gasps> lost teeth or baby teeth. Or often it was like the first lost tooth was the most special but they would pay for all lost teeth because baby teeth i guess as a sign of innocence or purity or something it was considered good luck charms and so vikings would wear baby teeth as necklaces to protect them in battle oh wow i think i've heard that i don't know where i would have heard that but that sounds really familiar the the necklace thing i always thought like oh when i see like I mean, it doesn't happen a lot, but when I think about, like, a scary, like, pirate or Viking outfit, if they wanted to look super intimidating, they would be, like, there'd be, like, a necklace of teeth or something. I used to think it was, like, I always thought it was, uh, like, of their victims, like, a reminder. Right, that's what it seems like it would be. But it's just little babies. (laughs) So cute. It's just, like, oh, my son at home lost his tooth, so I took it and put it on the necklace. (laughs) And every now and then I kiss it for good luck, you know? Aw. So, since all the way... Then people have been exchanging teeth for money is basically what I'm getting at. Fascinating. <laughs> so uh, we got a wide history here. But the main history for the tooth fairy really begins in the Middle Ages because at the time Europeans thought that if a witch had your teeth, <gasps> then they could control or curse you. Dun, dun, dun. And the more of your teeth they had, the more power they had over you. So it was very crucial in the Middle Ages to hide and destroy your lost teeth. Jeez, okay. <laughs> so they were like, just get rid of it so a witch can't find you. <laughs> so a lot of teeth were burned. Sometimes they were buried. If you, a lot of people also hid them, and this is where rodents come in. Oh. Uh, people would often like bury or hide, they would bury their teeth like in the garden or they would hide them in like a corner where like a rat may come through. Because they would hope that rodents would find the teeth and eat them. <laughs> I know. But it was, it. it's because, I guess, it, the the symbolism to it is that, because ro- rodents can, like, chew through literally fucking anything. Sure. So, because rodents' teeth are so strong, they thought if a rodent eating your tooth, it would manifest that the next tooth coming in for you would be as strong as the rodents. Sure, sure, sure. Why not? Whatever. They, we started this topic with, like, witches are going to control you through your teeth so whatever. i mean on and honestly like we still have fairies coming in and paying you for that it's like not like it's that wildly absurd. it's just a diff. it's a different absurdity yes so one of the big things was that rodents would hopefully eat your teeth to <laughs> grant you a, a tooth just as strong as theirs fingers crossed. and that becomes actually that's still common in a lot of in a lot of cultures oh okay. that like you'll give your um your tooth to I don't know if it's a pet or if there's just like animals oh. running rampant or something, but a lot of people like hide it in a piece of meat and give it to like a dog or something. Oh dear. Okay. I know. I know. I was like, oh, I had no idea. Me so neither. rodents being associated with teeth uh, in the Middle Ages ended up inspiring this story in the 1800s. It was a French fairy tale, um, and it was called La Bonne Petite Souris. I think I said I think I said that Sexy. right. And, it means the good little mouse. Oh dear, very sexy. <laughs> uh, maybe I sexy for like it. like Mickey Mouse would like oh, you know. God. I don't know. Uh, so it's an 1800s French fairy tale, and it's a story about this tooth themed fairy. Like it was truly a fairy tale about a fairy, mm-hmm. but the story goes that this fairy needed to help a queen leave this evil king or get rid of the evil king. So the fairy turns into a rodent, turns into a mouse. 
hides in the king's pillow and oh. then when he's sleeping like basically punches out his teeth <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry what like girl boss like like punches punches his teeth out and i think steals them and then i don't know what happens after that but the king and later dies and the, like they oh my god and the fairy and the queen which are also interestingly two synonymous words for the gay men which i'm mm. loving that this could be like a power book for them um i guess why don't you hide <laughs> in somebody's pillow and punch, punch their, their face in you know what? If it's the establishment, maybe it's all right. I'm not too all sure. Right. If it's symbolic, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I, I at least would like to go to a reading at like a Barnes and Noble about this and see what the hell was going this on at the end of that next story. Smash poetry. Talk about cryptids. I know. So anyway, so the fairy tale was basically the fairy helped the queen by turning into a rodent and taking its their teeth, taking the Got king's it. teeth or something. So it became this tooth fairy. Can you imagine if you woke up and a rat was just punching your teeth in? And taking them, by the way, not even just punching them in, but like, <laughs> hold on, let me grab that out of your mouth. Putting them quick. in like a little, like one centimeter drawstring bag. Oh my God, no. I just kind of like throw it over the shoulder with a little like stick bindle and kind of running away. Time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm probably butchering how, butchering how that story goes, but. Um, no, it sounds that, perfect. I hope that's how it went. <laughs> and so this story ended up creating the lore uh, that, that there was a tooth fairy to begin with, but um, more simply put at the time that there was a tooth mouse instead of a tooth fairy. I kind of like a tooth mouse. That's kind of fun. Well, a lot of places still have a tooth mouse oh. instead of a tooth fairy. Um, so there's still parts of France that still have this tooth fairy lore that instead of like a f- humanoid fairy coming in and leaving you coins or whatever for your teeth, it's actually a tooth mouse who brings you money for your teeth. I kind of like that actually a lot. Maybe I'll be that weird parent in the neighborhood. I'd like to think if I had a tooth mouse, it would be like the, what's the blue mouse from Bear in the Big Blue House, Tutter oh, or whatever. I don't it know. was the mouse with like insane anxiety and so like i like to think that my little tooth mouse would be so nervous about me like waking up or hearing them or being hurt uh if you need something to watch and feel like you completely relate to this character please uh go youtube like the mouse from the bear in the big blue house every single thing was an existential crisis with that guy oh sad mouse oh so i like to think that would be my tooth mouse if you needed a visualization so this story ended up there this fairy tale ended up introducing the tooth fairy but people kind of ran with it as the tooth mouse because i think she was a mouse for most of the story okay so then the tooth mouse became this official lore so in the 1890s there was a prince alfonso the 13th yeah there was um, and that was in madrid and I think that was in Madrid. I'm pretty sure that was in Madrid. And he start, when he was a little kid, he started losing his teeth and he started getting nervous. And so the queen hired this famous writer at the time named Father Luis Coloma, who ended up writing a story based probably on the... This was around the same time that that French fairy tale came out. So he plagiarized. He It was loosely based on probably. Uh-huh. But so the prince was losing his teeth. His mom hired this author to write a book for him to like kind of oh, help him cope nice. with it. I know. And so they he ended up writing this story about Raton Perez, oh. which is basically the tooth mouse. I'm so obsessed with that. And so Raton Perez was a mouse. The story goes that it was a mouse who visits this prince and brings him gifts in exchange for his teeth. And the prince ends up befriending the rat and 
Raton Perez takes him to other sleeping kids in the kingdom to show like how he also gives them gifts. And it was supposed to be this moral of like a prince and the pauper kind of thing where it's like, oh, now the Raton Perez is introducing the prince to people who don't live as flashy as he does. And it was supposed to be like Did the queen, like rip out all those pages and was like, that's <laughs> not the point. <laughs> I was like, you had one assignment and you it was had, about his yeah, teeth. What are you, you doing? You are trying to sneak around my yeah. <laughs> You are trying to make a lesson. Uh, but yeah, so that ends up being the story of Raton Perez. And Aww. so, at least by 1894 in Madrid, since then, Spanish-speaking countries, at least a lot of Spanish-speaking countries, still have Ratoncito Perez, or also Raton Perez, or also El, Rat- El Raton de los Dientes, which is the tooth mouse. They're all basically the same character, different names. I love this tooth mouse. I'm getting so attached to it. I knew you might. So I was excited <laughs> for this. So kids will, at least in uh, some Spanish-speaking countries, they will put their tooth under a pillow for Ratoncito Perez to replace with a gift. And a lot of times they'll also just put an item in a box next to their bed instead of under a pillow. Um, and that's where the mouse will find it. But there's also places like Argentina they will actually put their tooth in a cup of water and Raton Perez will drink the water along with the tooth. So it kind of goes back to that middle age, like eating oh, the tooth yeah. thing. And he'll leave a gift in the cup for them to wake up to. Oh, that's kind of nice. So there you have it. So that's... What if you accidentally leave your dentures out and you're, you're like, no, Raton no. Perez, he might be, a, that's He's a buffet. Feasting. That's yeah. a buffet for Raton Perez. <laughs> you like put your you like put your dentures in a cup and you wake up and there's like a little present. You're like, no, no, no. I need actually my teeth back. But thank you for the candy bar, but oh, no thanks. Say <laughs> thank you, but that's Sad. literally my mouth. So can you give that <laughs> you back? You took please? my mouth. Ratoncito Perez, could you please throw out my dentures? I need them back. <laughs> in that case, I think you put the gift back in the cup the next day and you reverse the whole process. You're like, please, let's do an exchange. Yeah. Well, apparently Ratoncito Perez is also, uh, is like the, is an actual icon like the Tooth Fairy. So he's used a lot in some dental marketing and things like that. So he's like, arguably, as someone who's never been to these places, the internet makes me feel like he's as important or as big as the Tooth Fairy. Okay. So in 1908, which was only like 12 years later after this book came out in the States, Uh, The Chicago Tribune put out this uh, article called Household Hints. And Lillian Brown uh, wrote in and like contributed to Household Hints in the Chicago Tribune. And this is basically the first print appearance in the States of the Tooth Fairy. So uh, Lillian Brown wrote this in the Chicago Tribune. Quote, Tooth Fairy. Many a refractory child will allow a loose tooth to be removed if he knows about the tooth fairy. (laughs) If he takes his little tooth and puts it under the pillow when he goes to bed, the tooth fairy will come in uh, in the night and take it away and in its place will leave some little gift. It is a nice plan for mothers to visit the five cent counter and lay in a supply of articles to be used on such occasions. So I think it was just like a hint of like, hey, parents, if you do this, you can give your kid five cents and then you go to like the penny candy shop and grab your supplies. It was like almost a little marketing tip on ways to entertain your kid when you have to bring them shopping with you. So that was the first real time we heard of the Tooth Fairy out here. I guess it took off in those next 12 years because by the 1920s. The French fairy tale from the 1800s I mentioned, La oh, Bonne Pe- Petiturie, the, fir- the, f- the tooth mouse fairy. So 12 years after 
the article in the Chicago Tribune, this French fairy tale was re-released in the States and translated into English. Mm. And so I don't know if that has to do, I don't know if they have anything to do with each other, but in 1908 and then in the 1920s, the first times we're seeing the Tooth Fairy in America. And the illustrations on this book, this, oh, this book was also, it was, I think, the first one that had illustrations in it. And so now people could see what this tooth mouse actually looked like. And it was drawn more as a winged human fairy. I see. And so now by the 1920s, the United States has this understanding of like, oh, this floating human fairy that brings you money. <laughs> we if understand you lose your teeth. now. Exactly. So in the same, at the same time, this woman named Esther Watkins Arnold uh, she writes a little play that also has to do with the Tooth Fairy. And so now there's two different books about the Tooth Fairy, basically. Okay. Both in the 1920s. So they exist in the 1920s, but uh, in the United States, it does not become very popular until the 1950s. So there's 30 years where people kind of know about it, but it's not this like understood household name right. that every family uses. Do you want to guess why... In the 1950s, the Tooth Fairy got popular. There's two things that cater to this. Mm. Let me think. Um, the invention of toothpaste? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, but that's, you know what? I don't know when toothpaste was invented, but that's a good guess for someone who's not thinking about the year. Yeah. Let me see. When was to Because I, I listened to a podcast uh, about how, like, toothpaste marketing was, like, out of control. Anyway, oh, 1955. Okay. Holy shit. So maybe that was one of, maybe that was one of the the third one. I didn't even think about that. I hope I'm reading that right. Nope. I'm wrong. That's when striped toothpaste was invented. Ah, oh, I love striped toothpaste though. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, That's my answer when striped toothpaste. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Uh Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let me think. Was it uh, the 50s? I was going to say, everyone before the 50s had bad breath. I was like, I just totally blindly ran with that. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking. I forget. There was, it was definitely like later than I thought that it was like Hmm. widely used, but. Interesting. uh, Amethy, was it like a marketing thing for candy or something? No. Well, Hmm. no. No. (laughs) Trick or treating. (laughs) I don't know. So in the 1950s, uh, the Tooth Fairy finally became a big thing because it was officially post World War II. Right. And now, and people were now coming out of the war, and it was after the Great Depression, and people had a little extra money where they could now splurge on their kids. And so right. giving them money for their teeth wasn't as outrageous as it might have been 20 oh, years sure. ago. That makes sense. Um, so this was like the beginning of kid, I, you know, kids getting, quote, spoiled comparatively to the Great Fucking Depression and World sure. War II. So parents were now kind of doing extra things like that for their kids. And then the second thing was Disney. Is that <gasps> interesting? The first fairy movies were coming out. Okay, that's so interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that. So in the 1950s, or I guess in 1940, Pinocchio came out. And in uh-huh. 1950, Cinderella came out. And both of them showed a good fairy finding you when you needed help. Oh, my God. And then there was Tinkerbell whenever she came out. Yeah, when did Peter Pan come out? That actually I googled it recently because I watched it and I was like, "What the hell am I watching?" Peter Pan uh, Disney release year. 
It was a long time ago. 30s? Oh, 53. So that might have also been one for all we know. I just could have been because I feel like that probably would have been a popular character. That totally makes sense. So then, okay. So there's wildly racist movie. I mean, I know like most of those old Disney ones are, but I would watch that like holy shit this is worse than i remembered it's they're all pretty rough they're all pretty like they literally on disney plus have those like opening credits that are like um we're really sorry about Mm this anyway good luck our bad um (laughs) so okay so let's add peter pan to that then so from 1940 to the mid 1950s there were now three movies that every kid had probably seen all involving a fairy that helps you and so the fact that now people i'm assuming were really getting into like the idea of fairies they probably went to go look at new books found out about the tooth fairy and so anyway so that in the 1950s is when we solidified the modern day image of what a tooth fairy looks like at least in the states yeah so from the 50s to the 70s the tooth fairy really started to become a thing but by the 1970s it blew the fuck up because there was this DJ in Chicago who mentioned her on the air. What? And the American <laughs> Dental Association ended up like putting out an like an official statement because they had gotten flooded with calls from parents being like, "What the fuck is the tooth fairy? Like, we got it. Like, what is this? Like, so interest really surged in the seventies. Oh my god! To the point where like the ADA had to say something about it. <laughs> so. <laughs> Now there's an author named Michael Hingston, and he says, quote, every human culture has some kind of tradition surrounding the disposal of a child's lost baby teeth. And apparently these traditions are called shed tooth rituals. We're like shedding the tooth. Okay. So that was the history of the tooth fairy. But now I'm just going to actually read off some interesting shed tooth rituals around the world. Oh, yeah. I love that. So there's still burying the teeth, which is more Middle Age uh, England or Middle Age Europe in general. And European parents used to hide their teeth again from witches. Mm -hmm. But now it has slowly grown into this general understanding of like if you bury a tooth it's protecting your kid from struggles in the future oh okay it's just like a good luck thing yeah and uh american settlers also took this idea with them to the states which of course they took an idea and took other things from other places and other people okay so (laughs) they were from there right so like fair but it was their thing and then they brought any opportunity to say that american settlers stole something i'm sure they tried to replace what existed here already with their fucking tooth burials bingo they used to bury their kids teeth in flower pots i guess on the ships on the way over because they had nowhere else to bury it how scary though if you're like wow what a beautiful architectural or not architectural beautiful like archaeological discovery and then there's just like teeth children's (laughs) teeth inside this like beautiful clay pot that's terrifying Anyway, maybe if you find a clay pot from American settler era that's okay, not well, you know en- what? Ga- have... encased in glass in a museum. As we all teeth. know, I have a metal detector, which, yes, I know it's not going to find a clay pot, but maybe <laughs> maybe just else? Maybe just like reinvent it into just a plain old tooth finder. What do you think? <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> so, no, thank um, you. So they took this idea with them put and were burying their kids' teeth in flower pots, and it was to manifest growing a tooth with these new roots. You know what I'm saying? Oh, okay. A lot That's of play nice. on words there. Places that still bury teeth. And by the way, I got this from many a website. I, I like really tried to do as intensive a deep dive as possible because I don't want to give any wrong information. But if you are from one of these places or you know better than me, please tell me and I will happily correct myself. 
But apparently in Nepal, they still bury their teeth in a secret location to hide it from animals. Mm -hmm. In Malaysia, they bury their teeth in nature because they're, uh, the concept is they're returning their body back to the earth. That's nice. In Afghanistan, they uh, bury their teeth in a mouse hole, which I guess is it's interesting okay. that there's still like mice involved yeah. in the lore. And my favorite one is in Turkey, they bury their teeth near a place that represents success to them. So that way, when their kids who lost the tooth grow up, it will almost like draw them back to that area and oh bring them success. So like if you bury the tooth near a hospital, that kid will become a doctor. It's like manifesting oh, early. Like, like we'll end up in the hospital. Okay. No, we'll it's like manif the manifesting their future careers. How and nice. so you could bury it on like a football field. So your kid would become <laughs> a football player. I don't know. So I think that's interesting. That's in Turkey. That is. People still... Uh, in some places, burn the teeth uh, as another way to hide their teeth. And the lore has come about that if you if you don't burn them, that you would be looking for them for eternity. Oh, I, that's interesting to me. Um, you can feed your tooth to an animal, often a dog, so that your teeth grow as strong as theirs. This is in Kyrgyzstan, Mongolia, and some Alaskan tribes. Um, I'm sure there's others. I'm just running, uh, like, just listing off a couple. In some places, they still hide their teeth. Uh, in Russia, South Africa, New Zealand, they also have a tooth mouse that they hide teeth for. In El Salvador, there's a tooth rabbit. Aww. In the Ukraine, kids will hide their teeth in the darkest part of a house wrapped in cloth. Some native tribes will put their teeth in trees, I guess because of the roots or sure, maybe sure, returning sure. your body back to earth or something. Interestingly, I would say most places when it came to what they do with their teeth throw them into the sky or onto the roof of their house no no <laughs> it was I, the amount of places that do this was shocking as someone who only knew about the tooth fairy wow like the raining teeth i mean they would like rain down on you oh my so god so some countries and i'm just saying some countries because originally i was going to list this and it was going to take too fucking long and you weren't wow. going to remember the names of everywhere anyway but there are multiple countries who throw their teeth at the sun I think this I think this is like to throw their tooth at Allah, like okay, or something. Okay, okay. There's also throwing teeth onto or over the top of your roof. And in some places, I saw this really in more like Asian countries. I think this was Japan or Korea. You would you would throw certain teeth in certain directions towards the roof. <gasps> Interesting. So like you would throw some teeth up to the roof and some you would throw I think it was your bottom teeth you would throw up to the roof. And your top teeth, if you lost one of those, you would throw it down to the ground. And it was to represent the natural growth direction of that tooth. Oh, my goodness. That's really fascinating. Um, and I apparently that's very common. Some people throw their teeth into rivers. Some people throw their teeth into the wind after being crushed by rocks. So the dust oh, kind of flies away. Cool. Some people also... Uh, well, in in uh, combination with throwing the the tooth to the roof or to the sky or wherever, they the intention is to also have it be an offering to their own version of the tooth fairy, which is usually an animal. So in some places, right. it's a tooth uh, mouse. Sometimes it's a tooth lizard. Sometimes it's a tooth bird. Sometimes it's a moon goddess. Or sometimes the intention is to throw it up onto the roofs so that the sun will turn it into gold. Oh. There are other there are a lot of places that have like a funny little saying that they'll say with the throwing of yeah. the tooth. So in Egypt, apparently they throw the tooth to the sun 
and I don't know if this is still used, but this was what I what I was told on a few different sources, that in Egypt you throw the tooth to the sun while saying, shiny sun, shiny sun, take this blue, this buffalo's tooth and bring me a bride's tooth. It's like a funny little saying to that. Okay. Um, in Romania, you throw the tooth over the roof and you say, crow, crow, take away this bone tooth and bring me a steel one. Oh, that's and- nice. In Sudan, you throw it to the sun and you say, take this donkey's tooth and replace it with a beautiful gazelle's tooth. In Romania, the kids say, crow, crow, take this milk tooth and bring me a steel one instead of this bone tooth. Apparently in some native places, this one was apparently Cherokee. Uh, They'll say a couple times in a row, beaver, put a new tooth in my jaw, which would make sense because apparently beavers are much like rodents in that their teeth are super strong. Sure. Well, yeah, they have to chew all that wood up. Yeah. No, that's a wood. Wait, yeah. A woodchuck beaver dam. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So (laughs) some places also make their teeth into tools. Some turn them into jewelry and some play games with them. I saw in a few places that they do dances with them. And based on how you dance determines how crooked your teeth will be. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, I did look up what they do in Germany. And I basically saw that there was a tooth fairy named Zonfi. That just means tooth fairy. Oh, okay. So yeah. you have a tooth fairy. Great. I was hoping yeah, something. Why my family did it? Yeah. I was hoping something really uh, classically German fairy. Yeah, tale she would comes happen. and rips your teeth out of your face. <laughs> she brings her own pliers. Yeah. Um, in Ireland, though, apparently you leave a tooth to protect kids from changelings, which I oh sure would like to uh, cover one day. I'm excited for that. That always creeped me out. And apparently in Ireland, there's also a tooth leprechaun, which is like oh, so Irish. So um, on brand. <laughs> her name is Anna Bogle, and she apparently lost her own tooth, but she'll trade you coins for your your teeth oh, to replace see, hers. Not, oh, see, that makes sense. Like, oh, I lost mine. I'll trade you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. In Italy, there's a tooth mouse called Topolino. And they also uh, there's another, I guess, kind of tooth fairy called Saint Apollonia, or aka Santa Polonia. And this is the patron saint of dentistry and toothaches. Fun okay. fact. Uh, and I guess she also represents the tooth fairy in some ways. In Finland, my favorite, and Uh-oh. also the, the last uh, little ritual I'll talk about. Uh, in the mid-1990s, they had this like marketing tooth troll. Uh, <laughs> and this tooth troll was named Hamaspeko. Hamaspeko or whatever. Hamaspeko, I think. And it was this cautionary tale oral hygiene campaign about tooth decay where they would tell kids that eating candy would lure in Hamas Bako who would drill holes into your teeth and leave cavities. So oh. it, it was like to promote oral <laughs> hygiene, I guess. But there was a tooth troll, which I obviously had to mention. I love a tooth troll. This reminded me, this was before our time, but in the 70s and 80s, it's very funny that you mentioned earlier that you had recently looked up like toothpaste history because I'd also looked up toothpaste history. Like, oh. I don't know how our brains synced up like that. that seems about right. <laughs> but I found out about this maybe like a month ago, and this is the perfect time for me to uh, address it, which is, but in the 70s and the 80s, there was this crest campaign for children, and it was this like commercial on TV or like tiny little uh, episodes called the cavity creeps <gasps> have you heard about this no so the cavity creeps i'll send you a picture oh god it was basically like a little superhero action sequence where the cavity creeps they looked like built up plaque they're like plaque monsters sure and they were trying to take over the town called toothopolis sure 
Um, but there was this, the superheroes or the Avengers of this were called the crest team and they wore crest themed jumpsuits and they fought with toothbrushes and toothpaste. But, um, <laughs> let me please send you a picture of what they all looked like. Please do. Okay. So this is the crest team. And then this is what the, uh, <laughs> what the cavity creeps looked like. Oh my god, look at their svelte little outfits. They wow. look like they're meant for this job. Yes, 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 yes. And then also um, apparently people have heard about this more recently and someone did like a another I'll put this up for if if you're on YouTube you can see their svelte outfits. Um I, I'm What should people Google to put, find this? Cavity creeps. Um, oh great okay i sent you another one and this is a more recent yeah, drawing looks... of it it looks kind of badass he has like a toothpaste cap on his head <laughs> it's so funny so anyway I, the, I just couldn't find another place but uh hamaspeko from finland made me feel like this was a great time to mention our own campaigns against plaque and oral with oral hygiene <laughs> so um the tooth fairy has become very popular there's even like whole movies dedicated to the tooth fairy one being the tooth fairy starring dwayne the rock johnson aka no, right. rj's rj's future husband um <laughs> then there's rise of the guardians there's toothless darkness falls which is a horror movie about the tooth fairy that oh. i it used to be like the go-to horror movie that my dad watched when i was a kid and so oh. i remember getting stuck in dark basements watching darkness falls a no. lot as a child um no. but it's basically if the lights are off the tooth fairy will find you and kill you um, what the fuck no 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 so anyway there's a few movies if you want to go check those out no. there's also in some areas people uh encourage oral hygiene and use the tooth fairy for that so it, it's in it's in such popularity that certain places official mints will actually print tooth fairy coins for people to <gasps> buy and leave under pillows for their kids oh, so cute. the royal australian mint has a two dollar tooth fairy coin and the Royal Canadian Mint, they had Tooth Fairy quarters. In most recent news, uh, in 2020, there was some Tooth Fairy news. Do you know what that is? In 2020? Hmm. She went on strike? I don't know. Close. Well, not close, but that's a good guess. Uh, <laughs> during the pandemic, to keep morale up for kids, apparently a little kid wrote in and said, I lost my tooth during the quarantine. Is the Tooth Fairy still going to be here? And, like, come get my tooth. And uh, Canadian and New Zealand governments responded saying that the Tooth Fairy was an essential worker and would still be coming to people's homes to let kids feel like they could still lose their teeth during COVID and not have another thing missing in their life. So That's precious. But what if fun? the parents are like, um, I don't have the money for that? Oof, she's in traffic. Oh, oh I see. <laughs> okay. I thought they were like going to send out like. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe uh, candy stimulus checks for the tooth fairy. <laughs> the tooth fairy stimmy, yeah. Uh, so anyway, fun fact: the tooth fairy is an essential worker. Um, and How then precious. Oh my gosh. Here are just some fun ways if you happen to have kids, or if you're about to have a child in about ten months, they're going to have teeth. It's going to be born with a full set. Yeah, I know. I'm pretending and we've still got a little while, though, to that. But here are some fun ways that you can spice up the tooth fairy experience. Um, some of these were in parenting.com. So, you know, they're legit. Sprinkle. This is going to be a fat no from Christine, but sprinkle glitter on the floor to show the tooth fairy's trail of where they came that into your be room. That's a big no for every, I think that's a big no for every parent. I'm just going to like kind of give a blanket statement. I don't think anyone I'm, has the. 
That's why I said it first. I was like, that's a great idea aesthetically, in but theory, also it's so quickly going to be a bad call. If you have like a, someone cleaning your house every week who can do it yeah. for you. <laughs> if you. If you plan on like getting rid of your carpet in the next week or so anyway, right. like then do it. As someone with a trash pile, probably not the best way <laughs> for me, but we'll see. People will also, instead of um, dollars, they will leave little trinkets like books and toys. And they will also leave notes from the Tooth Fairy. So like an yes. affirmation from the Tooth Fairy. My mom did that. I mean, the Tooth Fairy did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People will also buy Tooth Fairy pillows where it's a tiny little pillow with a pocket. Aww. So you can put your tooth in there. And that way, as a parent, you're not like digging under your child's sleeping Holy head. Holy crap, yeah. Um, also, there's something online that you can print out, and it's a Tooth Fairy receipt to show that, like, oh, there was an exchange cute. of that's goods. That's really cute. Uh, there's also an app for parents that adds the Tooth Fairy to pictures as proof that she was there. So oh, you can God, take a picture of your... Like a lot. Take a picture of your sleeping kid, and it'll put a filter over it that the Tooth Fairy was there so you can I, show I them the next that. day. That seems a little far for me, but... Whatever. She can all she can also leave voicemails for you. There's like different numbers you can call and the tooth fairy will like text or call you back. And apparently I did try calling it and it didn't seem like it was in service, but it was also in the middle of the night. There is a tooth fairy hotline in Sacramento. Again, I don't know if it works. It could have been shut down, but there was a tooth fairy hotline. If you want to Google that, you can also do that and get a like pre-recorded message from the fairy talking to your kid. I love that so, you called in the middle of the night and they're like, go to bed, please. The tooth fairy was like, I'm literally so busy right now. Everyone's it's, asleep. That's true. <laughs> it's her on hours. Yeah. Anyway, that is the story of the tooth fairy. That's fascinating. I'd never even thought about that as like a cryptid story. Yep. Yep. Anyway, Man. I don't know if she's a cryptid, but uh, like, so many people were like, you have to do the tooth fairy. And I was like, if it's what you want, I'm going to give you what That's you want. That's fascinating. So. I feel like as a future parent, I just do. I wonder, like, do you know what you're going to do with the tooth fairy stuff? Like, are you going to like lean into it? Yeah, of course. Yeah. I don't know. I get all nervous about like then the reveal of like i was lying to you the whole time but you know i feel like that's if that's me. the worst trauma i give my kid then like, that, <laughs> i mean that kid had a pretty hope. good life <laughs> yeah let's hope that's the goal <laughs> fingers crossed i am so good of a parent that the only trust issues we have is the tooth fairy that they're you know? mad about that at christmas 20 years later yeah i think you know they'll bounce back i think they'll bounce back from it it's okay and it's like fun while it lasts right like I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's a fun. Or and I mean, like, I'm sure you could negotiate and be like, oh, I know the Tooth Fairy, but she's busy, so I help and I I give her the money. Or and, That you was know. always the go-between when we started questioning my mom why her handwriting looked so similar. And it was like, uh -huh. sometimes I step in while she's stuck in traffic. Hey, now there's a computer. You can just type that shit and print That's it out. true. Oh, that happened, though. That happened to Blaze. Uh, they found the note on his dad's computer. <sighs> You yeah, gotta learn so to erase, gotta my friend. Be careful. Yeah, gotta be careful with that. Anyway. Um, gotta learn to encrypt however you do that. Well, anyway, there's the tooth fairy for Good you. Job, M. Yeah. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out 
a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. All right, I have a story for you. And this is kind of like a really random one also. I feel like this is just a random episode. Um, I can't wait. I can't. What is it? Like Santa Claus now he breaks into your house or something? <laughs> that was the Grinch weird. Oh, right. You already did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> is this the Easter bunny and how he just like vandalizes every yard with eggs? Vandalizes eggs everybody's house. I mean, these creatures are dangerous. Maybe you also did the tooth fairy and how like there's this invasion, this mass invasion that like no one's talking about and children are just running rampant with no teeth in their head. Is that <laughs> no what this teeth, is? Or with too many teeth. They Uh-oh. get too many teeth. It's, a, it's, it's an epidemic. <laughs> um, no, I have a story that actually I covered in Orlando that I um, thought I had already covered on the show. And then I went and looked and I didn't. I didn't. Oh. I checked like three times. Fine. So okay, I'm what very is excited it? about it. It's it's really random, but it like is so bizarre. <laughs> I'm just excited. Very so excited. This is the story of Lena Clark. Um, and I actually titled it The Strange Story of Lena Clark. So Oh, that must know. mean it's super strange if you're super writing strange weird. on it. Okay. So Lena Clark. She was born Lena Marietta Thankful Clark. Oh. In eighteen eighty six in Vermont, but moved to West Palm Beach at a young age. And her father was a minister named Reverend Almond Taylor Clark. I'm sorry, is his name Almond? And he so named his, his child is... Thankful? <laughs> his name's oh Almond without a D at the end. So like Almond. Oh, Almond. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a more normal name. A-L-M-O-N. It looks a lot oh. like Almond. It's not like no, that's not with an A-N. That's what I thought was happening. still not okay. quite a normal name. Realistically, <laughs> he should have, instead of Thankful, named her Joy so they could be Almond Joy. But like... Wait a second. That's good. I'm just saying. I'm just That's saying. Good, Em. Good but job. But anyway, we're uh, it's it's knockoff like 99 cent store almond joy. It's almond, almond thankful. thankful. <laughs> you know, it's like great value almond joy. <laughs> oh my god, the Florida version. Yeah. <sighs> so, okay. Uh, almond Do they have joy. a dog named Snickers or something? Or like... <laughs> no, I can't get over almond joy. <laughs> Okay, so uh, he was a minister, and Lena devoted a lot of her time to the Red Cross, um, the Congregational Church. She sold war bonds during World War One. She was just a very, like, um, how do you say it? Like a very uh, generous 
charitable person. A good person, as they all are in the beginning of the story. (laughs) Yes, precise. Precisely. Either they're all good and then they die or they're all good and then they... And then they kill. So it's it's one of the two. Yeah, You're yeah, completely yeah. right. It never ends well. Wow. That's a rough. Why do people solicit this? You know the spark notes. There's a lady either in white or black in my story. And in your story, they were good and then they're dead. So Em, don't reveal. Come on. Cut this okay. out. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> uh, okay. So um, her sister, Maud, was the city librarian for West Palm Beach. And uh, apparently Lena by age six was like reading philosophy books. Like she was very smart, very charitable, I guess thankful based on her name. Uh, (laughs) Her brother worked as the postmaster at the West Palm Beach office. But unfortunately, on Christmas Day of 1920, he met a strange and untimely death when he died of a coral snake bite. Oh, holy shit. That is. Do you want to know how he died of a coral snake bite? Well, I imagine in Florida, like, anything with scales is just flying around. Like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd think so. Um, Well, but no. Turns out he was a taxidermist and an amateur snake charmer on the side. (laughs) Wait, I'm in Florida right now? What? I know, right? This doesn't sound Floridian at all. I know, right? It's like early Joe Exotic era. Um, But he's literally the, like, you're already the postmaster. You've, you you've already done it. Job. Yeah, like, you're, you're fine. Successful, but I guess everyone needs a hobby. So he decides to be a taxidermist and amateur snake charmer. <laughs> the most dangerous of jobs, uh, I would imagine. You know, every person he went and like told that that's what he does in his free time, they were like, <laughs> "That's a bad call." And they then like, this might be the last time I ever talk to you. And then he died from, and they were all like, "Let me guess, fucking <laughs> yeah. snakes." Yeah, is that Let what this is? Let me stop you right there. I, yeah. I have a hunch. <laughs> That's literally what happened. So, because uh, you hear snake in Florida and you're like, oh, bummer. And then it's like, oh, wow. Okay. Well, I not didn't, what do you expect? Yeah. I, you took something that was in my mind so obvious <laughs> and you really flipped it on its head there. But like, you also made a good point that it's still very Florida. Like, I'm like an The only way it could charmer. be more Florida is if it was like an alligator or something. An or, alligator bit him while he was an amateur snake charmer, right? Or he was an amateur alligator charmer, you know, <laughs> like something that like that. Actually sounds, actually. If actually. you told me he died from an alligator by in Florida, I the last thing I could do is be surprised. So yeah, exactly. the snake is my like 1% ability to be shocked. To be shocked. Okay, well, glad I got you on that 1%. So Paul had left um, the post office in 1918 and the man, I guess, to become a full-time snake charmer. And the man who became postmaster after him resigned shortly after. So in 1920, good, good old Lena, with the support of the community through a petition that she had signed by local businessmen, was hired as postmistress. So, like, this was not a thing that was, like, common, you know, as a woman to be hired to a job like this. So she had to have local businessmen sign a petition to let her do the job. But they did. And so she was 35 years old and she became the postmistress at the West Palm Beach post office. So at this time, uh, post offices made a lot of money, not only from, like, uh, stamps and the usual shit, but also for money orders and war bonds. And so about a year and a half into her stint as postmistress on July 26, 1921, Lena sent two registered mail sacks to the Atlanta Federal Reserve Bank, and the sacks Hmm. contained $41,000 in cash. Okay. Except they didn't, because when they arrived in Atlanta, they were filled with mail order catalogs cut to the size of U.S. currency to feel like money, but smart, (laughs) Smart for stupid, you know? Yeah, like it (laughs) worked-ish. Yeah. 
Uh, so with my trusty inflation calculator, I determined that $41,000 back then is about $531,000 today. So like a massive, like half a million Whoa, dollars. Hon- oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So more than half a million dollars, a massive sum of money. And a postal inspector arrived and was like, hey, Lena, girlfriend, what is going on here? What- <laughs> hey, girly pop. Um, hey, girly pop. <laughs> I feel like something's up. <laughs> like, don't, like, don't take this the wrong way, but you were the last one to see $41,000 go missing. Um, and she's like, I know nothing about this. No clue. Wow. Again, Kel Surprise. Kel Surprise. So less than a week later, on August 1st, Lena hired a driver named Baxter Patterson to take her to Orlando. Love it. Love it. She checked into room 87 of the San Juan Hotel in downtown Orlando under an assumed name. And later that evening, she walked into the police station in downtown Orlando and told police that she knew who had stolen the money. Oh. She was, said, it a, was it a fucking snake? What? It was a tooth fairy. <laughs> no, it was <laughs> a man named Fred Miltimore, and he could be found at the San Juan Hotel in downtown Orlando. Okay. Like, what are you talking about? So they're like, okay, I guess we'll go to the hotel. So... The man she accused, this Fred Miltimore, was actually a friend of hers, and he was a former mail carrier that she had worked with in the past who had moved to Orlando and was running a restaurant called The Arcade. And so she tells police, Fred Miltimore is guilty of the theft. Uh, He's the one who stole his money, and you can find him at the San Juan Hotel. They asked, how do you know he's there? And she said, well, he still has to be there because I drugged him with a morphine pill. Okay, well, so she really fucking knows what's going on then. Okay. She's like, don't question me. She's like, I'm pretty sure you don't need to mansplain to me what the situation is. Like, how somebody could be stuck in a room. I may have had a bag full of non money, but, and also my brother died of a snake. We don't make the best decisions, but I can tell you for sure this one. Bet your money on it. My dad, Almond Joy, sometimes names God. these really weird things. But you have to trust me on this. I drugged the man and he's still there. We're just a kooky bunch, okay? So we're get through little, it. We're a little kooky. What of it? So once the chief of police confirmed with West Palm Beach that Lena was indeed the postmistress, because mm-hmm. I don't think they literally believed her at first. They were like, this lady came in here and told us she had a job. Ha 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 Oh, okay. How silly is that? Um, They took her accusation more seriously and decided to go check out her story. So they arrive at the San Juan Hotel expecting to find a drugged Fred Miltimore. Guess what they find? Look, at this point, I what? (laughs) An almond joy. I'm confused. (laughs) What? 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 I just, I knew you were going to say something fun. Um, (laughs) Instead, they find a dead Fred Miltimore. He had been not only drugged, but then shot in the chest with a gun lying nearby. Holy shit. So okay. she just like casually forgot to mention the part where she, she was also like, shot him. The Big Bang isn't the most important part here. If you're yeah, looking yeah, yeah, for yeah. the body, I won't tell you what state it's in. But yeah, like, you didn't it, ask. Okay. <laughs> I gave you a very clear location. That was all you wanted. And that's all I gave you. So That's all you needed. They Don't also make me found... show all my cards. <laughs> they also found the two empty money bags, which had been slashed open by a knife. Dramatic. So during, you could just dr- literally untie it. <laughs> okay. Untie them. So during this discovery, Lena was still back at the police office. So officers uh, were like, hey, uh, chief of police, we just found him and he is fully dead. So the guy goes to Lena and is like, "Um, you killed the man. Like you said you just drugged him, but you killed him. And she was like, no, I didn't. What are you talking about? I like how that way she's aghast. She's like, <gasps> me? Killed? But I've done nothing that would imply that. <laughs> 
silly, <laughs> silly chief of police. I would, I don't know where you got that idea. Mm. So she like wholeheartedly denies it, but then like pretty quickly just fully admits to it because I guess she can't like stand by her story. I do long. appreciate that very quickly. She was like, I'm bored. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Like, she really <laughs> does kind of change her tune really she's quick. She's like, like, I, I, I don't want to do this. Yeah. She's okay. Fickle. She's yeah. Fickle. Mm-hmm. She's a Gemini for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. So she says she had shot Fred because he said he would blame her for the theft. And she's like, I just couldn't. Since he was the one who stole the money. I had to shoot him or else he was going to tell everyone I did it. It's like, okay. All um, right. Then pretty soon after that, she confessed to the theft of the $41,000 as well. So she's like, well, actually, I did do it. So I guess that's besides the point. This girl's all over the place. She's not like, really she... good at like, <laughs> this story. But also, she's so quick to give in. Like, even yeah, she, she knows even she's try. a bad liar. Like, she's like, she knows what she's, she knows what she's not doing. And she knows, like, that that thing is the thing that she needs to be doing. And she's like, I, we both know I'm going to get caught pretty soon. I might as, I'm too, I'm too overwhelmed. Like, just, I don't have it, the energy to play this game anymore with you. I'm sure right. you don't either. We can all just give up the goat. Yeah. I like how in, in my mind, every time they ask her about some new information, she goes, oh, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, technically, yeah, it really is like an immediate, like, aghast. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you said shot him. Yes, that part I did do. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, yep. my bad. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's like, well, he said he would blame me for the theft of the money. And then literally minutes later, she's like, well, I did steal all the money. So that was on me. Um, and <laughs> you got like, me. Well, you got me. They were like, well, why did you do that? And she said, she explained that the embezzlement was an attempt to cover up her theft of registered bank money she had stolen three years earlier uh, in 1918 while she was the assistant postmistress. So she's so like, it was like covering up a cover up. A covering up. She was like, "Listen, listen, listen. I had to do it. I had listen, to do it. the first time I embezzled money, not a good call. The <laughs> second time, I'm gonna steal money f- to make up for that. Still in the same place, but a bad call. Like, but like you understand where I'm coming from, right? Guys? You know this like, had good intentions, right? <laughs> you understand? I was trying to fix my mistake. For I three officially years ago. haven't embezzled that money anymore. So like that, that's, that's, true. that's checked off my list. That's a so. Really good point. Just a different problem to deal with now. You know what? That's a good point. She's covering her tracks. Well, not really, but she's trying. Except not at all. Except not even a little bit. Uh, so her explanation was she had followed F- Fred Miltimore from West Palm Beach to Orlando and lured him up to her hotel room. Okay. And she said, I shot Miltimore. I did it after attempting to make him sign a statement that he had committed the robbery. He wouldn't sign it. So in desperation, I shot him. It's not funny, but it's like. Every single thing is her just giving up so quickly. You know, 100%. Like every single thing she's like, ah, mm, I. She's she's like, please sign it. Well, okay. I guess you're dead. It's like she decided to go on this huge, uh, like, excursion, but. After, like, not going to bed the night before. Like, she's, like, I imagine she's exhausted and, like, everything felt like a good idea going in. And when she gets there, she realizes how over it she is. And she's, like, I can't. She's so over it. She's so (laughs) over it. Over everything. No, 100%. And so they were, like, well, why did you shoot him? And she's, like, because he didn't sign the paper. Like, it's not even whatever so like it's such a in terms of committing a crime it's such a minor inconvenience like that's that's one of the things that i feel like if she held out for 10 more minutes she could have forced him to do like right it's which, like you like, didn't have to do that yeah like honestly you could have just like 
came i guarantee you based on the, the rest of her personality i feel like she wasn't coming off as very threatening at, like once <laughs> she's like well and so i didn't i didn't she was to. like can you just can you just sign it and he was like no and she went oh, this is so hard and then just shot him instead of going like <laughs> so instead hard. of like getting in his face and trying to be assertive she was just like i asked once he said no he i said don't no. have it in what me am to I ask supposed a second to do now time. Yeah. I mean, it was easier to just pull the trigger, I guess. I, yeah. So, I guess and this so. is her friend, by the way. Like, this is a friend of hers. This isn't just some random. Like, this is really fucked up. All I've learned is her patience is a five out of a million. Like, well, it's and like her name's thankful, not patience. So, I think <laughs> like if it were any other case, maybe she maybe should really change might. her name to fucking lazy. Like, <laughs> so, like no commitment whatsoever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, so within a few days, um, Lena was indicted on charges of first degree murder in Orange County, Florida. And apparently uh, old timers in West Palm Beach said it was common knowledge that Lena Clark and Fred Miltimore had actually had an ongoing romantic affair and he had jilted oh. her. And that was part of the reason that she was so angry with him. Got it. So at least there's some sort of fucking motive. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Sign this piece of paper. Um, so in the months before her trial, her story became sensationalized. She became like a celebrity. Um, she started receiving fan mail and flowers. She often sent her admirers poetry and letters. And like her friend gave her a typewriter <laughs> in jail. So she had a typewriter <laughs> in her jail cell. It's just like, how did they pull that off back then? Like, Also, like, I, I guess I, if you're a woman, they're like, well, you can write a poem, I guess. Here you go. I don't know. Why were the, why'd she have so many fans? Like, so much admiration. I don't know if she was like a celebrity, I guess, because she, like, was a heist. She Is it like, that, like, was this at a time when women weren't killing people and it was just, like, shocking well, it was to the people? the 20s or? and, like, people didn't even have, like, these high up jobs. So if, if she had to petition to even get the gig and then she stole a bunch of money out of it, I feel like Jeez. she probably looked like a, a rebel. I don't know. I don't All really right. know. But so she <laughs> was given a typewriter in prison. So she wrote her uh, admirers poetry and letters. And one of the headlines at the time uh, read, accused girl types poetry in her cell. Uh, and she's <laughs> in her 30s. So like girl is a little diminutive, but you know, uh-huh, whatever. Uh-huh. Um, Could have gone with like murderer or like, <laughs> like <assassin>. embezzler <laughs> or like criminal heiress to the hershey company after <laughs> almond joy follows through i don't know <laughs> criminal with the vagina if you must know what yeah. her sex is okay yeah. so um if you think having a typewriter in jail is strange is what i put here which i do she was allowed to redecorate and paint her jail cell because it wasn't pretty enough fun yeah i mean why not? She also wrote an autobiography, sort of, from jail, um, and it was sold through local newspapers for 25 cents. Uh-huh. How long was this autobiography? Because I feel like based on, like, everything else she's ever done, she gives <laughs> up really one. fast. <laughs> she's like, prologue. The she, end, wrote, yeah. she wrote the... <laughs> She wrote the table of contents and was like, that, you get it. That covers it, right? Like, that about covers it. You can read the table of contents yeah. in summary. Yeah. Um, and people bought it. It was 25 cents, which today is Of course $3. it was 25 cents. It was just a table of contents. <laughs> what are you talking about? a list. It wasn't even a table. It was just a list. It's um, like, if I had to categorize my life into chunks, it'd be this. 25 cents, please. Childhood. Anyway, next. <laughs> childhood. Murder. Murder. Jail. 
it's it's been great so far um and so her autobiography was 25 cents like we said but also nowadays that's about three dollars and 50 cents so like still pretty damn cheap for today Mm. like if someone wrote an autobiography um she soon recanted her confession and claimed to have no recollection of ever confessing to anything police had investigated several prominent men from florida to new york as accomplices because they couldn't believe a woman could have pulled this off by herself of course they were like she must have had a male counterpart uh helping her Uh Uh uh-huh so you know obviously because she's a a female she has a vajay so she Mm -hmm. can't do this alone she's painting her bedroom her jail cell i mean um, she's too busy writing nothing yeah writing, <laughs> writing haikus to her admirers right um so while we're talking about tech sexism as always here's a quote from a newspaper article of the time <clears throat> in personal appearance and dress lena clark is far from attractive <laughs> i'm sorry it's so bad. i mean fucking ouch like to be clear yeah, yeah it's like really rude oh god her, her figure is heavy and uncorseted which i'm like she's in jail but okay her figure is heavy and uncorseted and her clothes smack of the backwoods which woof that's the rudest uh smack of the back i've never heard that phrasing before and it is all bad wait hang it's on really say it harsh. again okay her figure is heavy and uncorseted and her clothes smack of the backwoods so like calling her trash basically i love it um her shoes are generally without heels god forbid i know (laughs) so she's got that clunky frumpy walk you never want she's just flat you know (laughs) and her stockings of cotton her skin is very fine in texture but covered with large disfiguring freckles Miss Clark's only assets in appearance are her hair, which is decidedly wavy, and her eyes, deep blue in color and absolutely straight and unwavering in their gaze. So they're like, I guess her hair and eyes are attractive, but the rest of her is ugly. And it's, it's like, like we'll, we we'll throw know- her a bone. Her eyes aren't the worst, yeah, but the but rest of it like, is pretty insane. You're writing an article. Like, I want to know who she shot, not like yeah. whether she's wearing a corset, but okay. Um, <sighs> so when they asked Almond Joy, the father, uh, the sure. reverend. Yeah. He says, the law of man may declare our daughter a robber and murderess, but in the sight of God and her aged father and mother, she is as innocent as a newborn babe. Oh. So take that for what you will. Okay. Um, Lena Clark hired two firms to defend her, an Orlando firm and a West Palm Beach firm. They both settled on arguing on a def- insanity defense. So uh, Lena obviously was great at this. So when called to the stand, she brought a crystal ball with her. And she gazed into it as she talked for hours about the 12 past lives she had lived before this one. This person is <laughs> balloonatoons. <laughs> I was reading these the other day and I was like, I have, to, I cannot believe I never told this story on the podcast. It's one of my favorites. I also feel bad that I don't remember a lick of it. Uh, <laughs> when you apparently have already told it to me. It's actually one of the few that I do remember from a live show. Which, like, is rare, as we all know. Okay, um, remind me of, with the crystal thing, her 12 lives, what? Right, sure, sure, sure. So she went up to the stand. Her, her, uh-huh. Both her lawyers, she hired two, were like, okay, we're going to go with an insanity defense. She's like, got it. I'm on it. I'm good at that. So she went up with a crystal ball. <laughs> and she said she talked for hours when she was on the stand about the 12 past lives she had lived. And here's some of her, in case you're wondering, you know, about those. Pause. Hang on. (laughs) Like, saved by the bell, freeze time. Freeze frame. Uh, Okay, so I like how they went in with an insanity plea. And, like, she 
went up to a stand with the crystal ball and then she had to keep going after that like like that alone like i'm all for like thinking like like using crystal balls and like but if you're going to court and you put one up and go i choose insanity like you've already done it like you don't have to keep go and then she talked for hours and no one stopped her <laughs> what okay. She was like, no, no, it gets better. And they were like, I think we've seen enough. <laughs> She's like, I'm only on number nine of my lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a whole dozen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, to be fair, she, her she knew her lawyers were going with an insanity defense before the trial. So she brought it with her knowing that there was going to be an, like, she brought the crystal ball playing into the insanity defense thing. At that like, point, that she should have brought more than a crystal ball. She I should agree. have brought, like, I don't know, like a backpack full of games or something. But like, also, I mean, like, maybe she did, but she got hung up on those 12 she, lives. She only got to the ball and then she hyperfixated or something. She hyperfixated. And, and, yeah, and yeah, also, yeah. they were like riveted, you know? So she was like, well, I got to keep the entertainment going. Yeah. Like, um, I mean, clearly, I'm, I'm, I'm holding their attention. This could get me out. <laughs> this is at least very entertaining. Um, so she had, and like, obviously been present for the creation in the Garden of Eden. Um, so that was her first life. What, as a flower or something? What was she? Was she, was she Eden? Oh, no, or so Eve? <laughs> she was uh, blocked from leaving Eden with Adam and Eve. So she was just stuck in the garden, I guess, by herself. So she's one of the oldest people on Earth, is what she wants to start out Like, at. the oldest. Although, I think maybe she's, well, she, maybe she was the snake. <gasps> remember there's a snake that would be really symbolic in no, a lot of ways maybe she was the apple story. but also like she so she's literally one of three of the oldest people on earth on the, yeah and she watched creation happen basically and yet she's only had 10 lives in between then and now um yep <laughs> <laughs> like you're really picking and choosing your times here, my friend. Like, what was going on well, in the twenties that you needed lives, to be there? Um, okay, do you hear? Ready? Was she Noah's Ark or something? <laughs> she what? was the big boat with all the animals. <laughs> she, <laughs> she she was she was just the wooden boat. It's just the boat. So she was the goddess Isis in Egypt, obviously. For sake. Okay. So like an actual goddess. Um, uh -huh. She was Berenice, the last queen of the Jews. Okay. She was King Herod's wife. Then she was eaten by lions. Uh, oh. Okay. <laughs> then she, then she, that life got a little out of hand. She yeah, that, wasn't really fully in grasp of like what that one. She, that one she had derailed into. Like that, <laughs> that one was, was off color. That and was she a mulligan. Said, she had to start over. She was like, <laughs> take me back. I was going to say, like, ha did she not have a single boring life yet? Like <laughs> she just kept going for like the new heightened prestige. It's like when people were, are like, oh, I did a past life regression. I was Cleopatra, and also I was so-and-so, and also I was... And I'm like, how could you have been all those people? Like, does that yeah. make everybody else just... I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Um. So, uh, eaten by lions. Then she waited several centuries for her next life, probably because she was she so was traumatized. Like, she was like, I need a break. That, <laughs> and like, I'm not lying, you know? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then she waited a few light, a few centuries, and then she started hanging out with William Shakespeare, um, mm. and so she served as the muse for his character Ophelia. Well, um, uh, clearly, so why not? And so there, that was, and then we jump forward many centuries, and now she's like the postmistress in West Palm Beach, Florida. <laughs> so 
like, you've really come far. She really humbled herself this time around. She was like, maybe excellence isn't what's expected this time. You know? Imagine, though, in her next life, if she's, like, telling us all this, she's like, I was blah, blah, and then I was a postmistress, and I... It's like the lion thing again. She was like, that yeah. one was that one took a turn. That was yeah, 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 yeah. We didn't expect that. That wasn't. Part I didn't of the see plan. it coming. <laughs> um. So there was one constant throughout all of these lives, though. What she was to what a murderer? Was. I don't know what. <laughs> that Fred Miltimore was also there. So he must have been either Adam or there were three people on Earth. Like, <laughs> so he. So who was the third in that awkward transition? Like, so it was her. I'm guessing he was Adam. Who was the other homie? Like, there was... Okay. Sorry. So I'm really fixating on the Adam and Eve Adam part. Adam and Eve, and then there were Fred and uh, Lena, and they were just kind of there. I don't know where they were. I actually they think were they were tree. Adam and Eve. The Bible just wrote it wrong. It was oh. just Fred and Lena, you know? Fred and Lena. What a okay. beautiful story. So Fred has been there all the times. Was he one of the lions, maybe, and got well, his revenge? Yes, because he was always persecuting her in every life. So either he, like, had killed her... Or he would have hurt her or harmed her in some way, made her life miserable. Um, And that was the constant thread throughout all of their lives together. So she gazed into her crystal ball and she she made a prediction that she would be found innocent and would then serve as the vice president under the head of the Socialist Party, Eugene V. Debs. Then he would be assassinated and she would then become the president of the United States of America. If I were that soul, I'd be so tired. I'd be... No wonder she fucking gave up so quickly in everything in this life. She's like, like, I can't do it anymore. Like, my battery is at 2%. We're struggling. I'm supposed to be president and you're trapping me in this stupid post office. Like, come on. Yeah, it's like, after everything we've been through, this is the vessel I have to live 100 years in? Fuck off. Oh, my God. So several psychiatrists, or back then they were called alienists, uh, were were called and they testified to her mental state. They found her to be insane, while one thought the whole thing was a phony ruse, which I'm like, okay, that guy was probably onto something. The jury went to recession and came back two and a half hours later with their verdict. They said not guilty by reason of insanity, and Mm. the judge committed her to the Florida State Mental Hospital at Chattahoochee. Oh, Okay. So she was pissed about this, which I'm like, I don't know what you expected when you're pleading insanity, but she was pissed. And she said she would rather have been sent to the gallows than go to this mental hospital. Oh, okay. And it's like, you brought the crystal ball, lady. Like, I don't know what you expected, but you brought the crystal ball. Um, But so she didn't (laughs) stay there long. Less than one year after her sentencing, Lena returned to West Palm Beach and resumed her work with the church and the Red Cross, uh, living with her sister Maude and her 88-year-old mother Marietta. Um, her handwriting in the census, you can still see it, which is pretty cool, um, but it's barely legible, but it appears to say nurse. So it okay. looks like she became a nurse. Wow. Um, okay. That feels finally something stable, but also why did she get that job? But also <laughs> who hired her? Yeah. Yeah. Who was like, I've seen your resume of the last several centuries and we need you. <laughs> um, and it's not centuries. You. It's literal thousands of years since the year zero. <laughs> but okay. Um, okay. You're right. You're right. You're right. So she, by 1940, neither Lena or her sister had ever married, God forbid, um, and they were considered spinsters. Uh, last thing she needs is a man after I everything mean, truly, else. You're at kidding this point. me? Um, and then her occupation in the 1940 census was listed as writer. So I guess she gave up on nursing and um, wrote another quote unquote autobiography. Solid. Um, so she passed away in 1967 and is buried in Woodlawn Cemetery in West Palm Beach. Um, and then I have a fun fact here, which I've probably, I talk about this a lot and I feel like 
I've said it on Beach Too Sandy too, but do you know what the term going postal is from? Uh, no, but I'll take a guess. Is it it. from being a, like a mailman and like having to like lick stamps or something (laughs) and like going, like like the, I would think like the stuff in the glue (gasps) makes you. chemicals. Yeah. Okay. Um, What? No, but I love that guess though. Um, So going postal is an American English slang phrase referring to becoming extremely and uncontrollably angry, often to the point of violence and usually in a workplace environment. The expression derives from a series of incidents from 1986 onward in which United States Postal Service workers shot and killed managers, fellow workers, and members of the police or general public in acts of mass murder. Between 1970 and 1997, more than 40 people were killed by current or former employees in at least 20 incidents of workplace rage. And between 1986 and 2011, workplace shootings happened at roughly two per year with an average of 12 people killed per year. (gasps) Oh my God. From like (laughs) this whatever phenomenon where there are much higher rates of workplace uh, murder at postal offices than other places. Oh my God. And there's a place like up our street in uh, Cincinnati called Going Postal. And I'm like, don't. Um, it's like mail center and i'm like you need to look up that phrase jeez yeah i feel like so. if i if i owned a business the first thing i would do is go look up like Google every it. historical <laughs> meaning <laughs> behind every word in it yeah 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 um, <sighs> so always kind of threw me off but anyway that's the really random story of lena clark that i decided to just throw in everyone's face today that was fun that was a nice little bantery it's like one a weird like uh i feel like they've been i mean they're always very dark and heavy but like this one's at least a little a little lighter this usual. one at least had some curveballs where yes. i could have something to say versus oh my god you know yeah like- <laughs> yeah yeah where i just didn't stun you into silence every 30 seconds i swear to god i thought at one point you were gonna say one of her lies is that she's the fucking tooth fairy i was like <laughs> that would be such the a end. perfect circle Surprise! I mean, uh, it might have been you never know she was a goddess isis so like maybe in her been. next life she'll take over that's true yeah. yeah, and then you kids really should be nervous about. Oh, and then we have something we have to reconsider yeah. this whole thing. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, everyone. What day did this come out? This is on the first. This comes out on the first of August. Oh my yes. gosh, we only have four months left until twenty twenty two. Four. Oh shit. Uh oh. That means that there's like less than two months till my baby is born. Oh lord, M. It's all happening so fast. Help me. Help. I love you, but you chose this pretty, pretty <laughs> no. actively, dare I say, I think, <laughs> really committed to this craft. So, Listen, uh, you know me at a certain point, I can't, I can't just, I can't just, I'm not Lena. I don't, I don't just give up, you know, I'm like, you're like, 100% the tenacity the is paint. insane. Look, here's your reward for all of your efforts. Uh, congratulations in advance for all of the sleepless nights you're about to experience. Thank um, you so very much. I don't know. That's a why I'm just still on that story. I can't wait to go think about every single life she's ever lived and how they're all more ridiculous than the last. And how like we'll never amount to anything even half as interesting as hers. Yeah. Oh, well, there, no. Oh, but here's me trying to twist one thing into another thing. If you do want something interesting, since it's August 1st, we have a listeners episode that comes out. Today. Oh, my God. You're totally right. Today. Yeah. Yeah. Which have did fun. we record that? yet? Nope, Christine? we have not. So we should yeah. do that. ASAP. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, by the way, y'all, Eva's out of town well, as we're recording this, which is also why there's so much chaos probably happening in your ears. Um, and so we're kind of so we're trying, trying to run to, the ship. Trying to figure it out. Uh, la, la, we la, used la. to do it. 
fine. We used to do it. It's yeah. been a while. So we're trying to run the ship and let Eva have her vacation. Mm-hmm. Well. So we'll see. Anywho. Allegedly, a listener's episode came out today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it if it exists. And hopefully we have fun recording it when we find a time in the next, like, 48 hours. Uh-oh. Uh, and? That's. Why? We. Drink. Oh, shoot, I hit the wrong button. Stop recording. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus Trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes.